All right. Well, we're live, guys. We're <laughs> we're in the ethos. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah. It's 7.01. So look at that. <laughs> Hello and welcome, everybody, to this live once a month broadcast. This is three Rocky podcast hosts, one movie breakdown. And this month we will be covering 2013's Grudge Match, which found uh, Robert De Niro and Sly Stallone facing off in the ring. And uh, I'm Craig Cohen from the Slycast, the Sylvester Stallone fan podcast. And what we do on my show is when we get together for my show, we talk about Sylvester Stallone's career from his very first film all the way through to his current films. And we're uh, about to release our Judge Dredd episode. So we're in the early 90s getting ready for that straight to DVD purgatories. We've got some fun stuff on the way. Uh, I'm going to hand off to Doug Greenberg now. Hey, what's up? I'm Doug. Uh, I'm one of the hosts of the Rocky Minute podcast, where we cover the Rocky movies one minute at a time. Uh, we did a full season of the original Rocky, 118 episodes there. And uh, we're right in the thick of Rocky 2 as we speak. <laughs> as of this recording, I think we're getting ready to uh, to launch right into the coma scene. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a grueling couple of weeks there in a coma hell, so... I, yeah, I just finished your uh, Friday episode today, and I can't wait to do the coma scene. And full disclosure, or listen to the coma scene, full disclosure, I actually told Doug that I wanted to do the uh, coma scene with him. He misunderstood, and I got an even better gig. It's the stuff after the coma scene, but it's just funny. I wanted to be the one that challenged. The coma sequence in Rocky is the worst part of the whole series, mm-hmm. of the whole series. Next to it's Bianca's only singing. like eight hours worth of stuff, man. You can't get through that? It's too long. It's too long. You can really trim that down, streamline it a little bit, add those five minutes to 10 minutes of coma someplace else, you know, to really beef it up elsewhere. But hey, this isn't a Rocky Minute here today, folks. So, uh, <laughs> well, it could be. It could be. And uh, I'm, my name is Ryan, and I host uh, Going the Distance, the Rocky Series podcast with my brother Ruben and with sometimes guest host uh, Doug. And Craig, you've never guest host, but you've guessed on the show. I know we'll get you on there. <laughs> sometimes it's just sometimes it's hard enough just to get us together on this thing. So I'm really uh, excited today to talk about Grudge Match, and like we mentioned, Grudge Match was voted by our Facebook and Twitter followers. So thank you guys for your votes. The uh, Grudge Match won by a hair. It beat Get Carter by like five votes. So when we were deciding what movies to throw into the ring, there was no clear cut winner here especially with some of Doug's early choices, which he, (laughs) because they were guaranteed winners. But uh, Get Carter is a really, really loved Stallone film. I look forward to talking about that one day. Both of these films, Grudge Match and Get Carter and even Detox, we haven't covered on Slycast. So these are some of my favorite episodes with you guys because we're talking about a movie that I haven't covered on the show yet. Yeah, thank you guys for voting for Grudge Match because it really helped uh, restore my <laughs> my fragile ego that was starting to suffer because this is my first movie pick that has won. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. I always want to make sure that when we do the votes, I never say when I post it who selected what movie because I don't want some sort of bias, you know, but it just so happened that Craig's choices, for whatever reason, have never won. So... <laughs> Because Doug's putting in these great, great, beloved movies, man. The, the Copland was the, was the one that I really, you know, I, I didn't give you guys a fair chance on that one. But I wanted to review that so bad that I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. 
Yeah. What was it on, on Twitter, um, Ryan? Somebody said all three of our choices this month were terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think you said something like no vote then. Yeah, <laughs> no you're not voting. <laughs> it's like it's like someone who doesn't want to vote for the presidential election because all the choices are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't agree with that. I could see people having an issue with, with each of our picks, but I think even like detox, I think somebody was defending it on either Twitter or Facebook as it suffers more from being one of Stallone's straight-to-video movies as opposed to being a bad movie. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when you see that straight-to-video stuff, you just assume it's bad. And and sure. I remember I've seen Detox once. I'll watch it again when we do this, do it for this <laughs> show. But uh, I remember enjoying it. When's the first time you saw Grudge Match? I saw it in the theaters. Uh, that was the first time I've seen it. And I think, believe it or not, it's the last time I've seen it since today when I rewatched it for today's episode. What about you guys? I saw it in theaters as well. It came out around Christmas, if I remember. We had, when I was still living in New Jersey, we'd go to my my aunt's house the Saturday after Christmas for like a family Christmas party. And uh, we broke away from that at like six o'clock to go see Grudge Match. The one memory I have of this movie is it kind of snuck up on everybody, right? It was one of those movies where it was like, whoa, there's a Robert De Niro, Sylvester Stallone boxing movie coming out. I remember like my sister, who's like a huge Rocky fan, like sending me a text or hitting me on Facebook and being like, what is this? (laughs) So yeah, I did see it again. I think when it came out, probably when it hit the cable rounds, I probably saw it on HBO. So uh, and then I watched it a third time, probably for this this sit down. Okay, so you've seen it about three times, Doug. What about you? Uh, I saw it about a year ago for the first time. I never even knew it existed. That's how you know how much play it didn't get around this area. That's crazy. But, yeah. I remember you like saying, "Hey, has anybody else heard of this movie?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I put it, I announced it in like in a Mighty Mix or something like that. Yeah, I remember. I never that. heard of it. I'm like Stallone in a boxing film that's not a Rocky film co-starring Robert De Niro, who's Raging Bull. I said, how did I never hear about this before? So uh, me and my wife rented it on demand. And I, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, there, there's highs and lows. <laughs> highs and lows. <laughs> I yeah. wish Stallone would get in this kind of shape more often because he was a lot leaner. I think they were what? They were lightweights or middleweights or something in light, this movie? Light heavy. They're, yeah, light, light heavyweights. And I got to tell you, when Stallone isn't carrying a lot of weight around, mm-hmm. at this age, he looks dynamite agreed yeah. I, I actually noticed that because i hadn't seen this movie since its fi- uh, film release or theatrical release and seeing this build here in 2013 i was like oh yeah he looks lean it looked good it, it looked really good and i know he's uh, totally meted out here for rambo five but uh yeah it, it was a, it was a good build i agree but you know what how old was he here this was six years ago he would have been like 66 here that's still pretty incredible yeah and De Niro, too. I mean, they kind of play up how out of shape De Niro was. I mean, for his character, when he's in Ring at the End, he's, he doesn't embarrass himself physically. Him jumping rope in his training scene, he did. He jumped rope far <laughs> longer than I could right now. <laughs> well, De Niro is like a serious, serious dude. And I mean, it's easy to forget now after 15 years of Fockers movies and mm-hmm. sort of just taking the paycheck movies. If you watch Raging Bull, which I know you guys have both said you want to find a way to cover at some point, when he commits himself to a role, he's one of those actors that commits himself to a role. And I'd like to think that Grudge Match was one of those movies that sort of gave him a chance to 
work that muscle that he hadn't worked in a long time. Speaking of Raging Bull, so this film obviously plays on two huge notable roles by both actors and both of them being boxing movies. And often when people speak of Rocky, you'll get the one camp who says, well, Raging Bull is a better movie than Rocky. And then you get another camp who's like, oh, no, Rocky is obviously a better movie than, than Raging Bull. I painfully admit I haven't seen Raging Bull. One of the best movies of the 80s. There's no shame in saying you haven't seen it, but they're very, very different films. I mean, I know enough about it. I know the character that he's playing. I've seen him. You know, he's fat in one part, he's skinny in another part. I know he totally method acts in this film. And I, I, the accolades are probably all accurate for the film. I just haven't gone around to seeing it. It's one of those things that I've, I don't know why, as the years have gone on, I've put off. I think you admitted that right here live. You admitted that you never saw Raging Bull. True. You have to put it in your in your repertoire. Fantastic film. And the problem is now I have young kids. I, I have to watch all these adult movies when they go to bed. And it's, it's just so hard to watch anything that's not PG-13 mm-hmm. uh, past 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night and I'm falling asleep. I'm going to watch it. It's going to happen. And I would like to actually put this out here. It'd be kind of fun to review that film together as, a, as our trio and talk about the arguments for and against both films, which film truly is the better film, if we can be objective enough to talk about that. So don't talk about it yeah, now. Yeah. It'd be interesting, and we could bring you on somebody who maybe is a Raging Bull fan, but this movie, though, plays on the fact that both characters, this movie is a lot, this movie is very meta, yes. because it, it, I mean, it's extremely meta. So it's playing on the idea that both these actors have been in, not competition with each other, but, you know, De Niro and Stallone both come from the same school of Italian, you know, kind of rustic films, and they both have shadowed or not shadowed each other's careers. They both have had critical accolades. They both have had critical bombs. And this film speaks to all of that. So the boxy metaphor lives again, you know, in this. Mm-hmm. And you guys want to talk about some of the, the metaphors that are brought up in this film? Well, the obvious one is the Rocky versus Raging Bull, Stallone versus De Niro, uh, Razor versus The Kid. That's the most obvious competition. Not a competition that I could think of. Yeah, but then uh, also you got the sort of the superstar personality versus the humble personality, mm-hmm. which I'm sure both of those guys have played at different points in their career. So that was kind of interesting. I do think that like the way this movie opens is really cool. You know, they open with that, what, the fight game with Jim Lampley. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they call it the fight game or not. They set up the whole movie in what, that five minutes. Hello again, everybody. I'm Jim Lampley. Certain athletes are born enemies. Bird and Magic, Ali and Frazier, Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. But the fiercest rivalry was between two fighters from Pittsburgh with the names Razor and Kid. 1982, Pittsburgh. Razor and Kid, both undefeated top-ranked contenders, divide the city in a spectacular war. The brutal 15-round bout is still considered one of the greatest fights of the 80s. Kid and Razor quickly rose to superstardom, and the man behind their meteoric ascent was the late fight impresario Dante Slate. As the world clamored for a rematch, Slate knew that ratings would turn to dollar signs for both fighters. The rematch drew the biggest television audience since the thriller in Manila nine years earlier. But this time the story was different. Razor soundly defeated Kid in a lopsided victory that was over in four rounds. What lay ahead was the tie-breaking grudge match that would have brought each fighter millions. Then came an announcement that shocked the world. Today I'm announcing my retirement from professional boxing. Razor, 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 Razor. 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 I'm gonna get my rematch with this <laughs> You hear me, Razor? I'm getting my <laughs> rematch. Sharp has declined to comment further on his decision to this very day. And sadly, like many former professional athletes, he lost his fortune just years after his retirement. 
Razor went back to Benson Shipbuilders in 1987, where he had worked before he went pro. As the spotlight faded, Kidd became a pitchman for everything from jockey to jock itch. Today, he runs a successful car dealership and a popular restaurant in Pittsburgh. Still, one can almost imagine him tonight on the 30th anniversary of the fight that never was, contemplating yet another year of growing older, obsessed with a fight that never happened and never will. Where we've got like the CG young version of De Niro and the young version of Stallone. CGI on this. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Can we talk about the CGI? They use Rocky clips and Raging Bull clips in that beginning when they're showing the, the old fight between the two guys. They CG the faces over, uh, you know, other people's bodies. That technology is really developing quickly. Um, I don't know if you guys remember one of the Avengers movies. Made it might have been Age of Ultron or something. They de-aged. Tony Stark or Robert Downey Jr. For this upcoming De Niro and Pacino and Joe Pesci movie, The Irishman, which is going to be on Netflix, they're also taking advantage of that sort of de-aging technology. So I think what we saw in Grudge Match was like the early attempts at that. I, I guess it's a little distracting. Yeah. I mean, but do you want to just use look-alike actors instead? It's always hard in movies right. because you're like, wow, so this is supposed to be the guy at 25. And here he is at 55, and their jawline's completely different, you know? <laughs> they could have got the kid that played young Stallone in Copland. He, he looked just like him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he would have had another acting gig playing a, a young right. Sly. But yeah, I think the, that was kind of what we wanted to see, though. You're selling, you know, Raging Bull versus Rocky, quote-unquote. Mm -hmm. So I, I think if we didn't see those two actors fighting when they were younger, I don't think as viewers we'd be as excited to see mm -hmm. them fight when they're older. The setup at the beginning of this film was good. It was well done in the sense of we're kind of thrown into right away the lives, the, the match one, Razor one, I believe. And those are who won the first yeah, match? Yeah, yeah. Razor won in 15. They almost went the distance, but he knocked. Hold on a second. No, Kid won. Kid won now. And one. then the second fight, Kid wasn't prepared for it. And, and Razor beat him in what, like four like rounds? The fourth. Or yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we find out later that Razor at a press conference. Uh, retired from boxing. So Stallone, every More time he CG. played... So yeah, another great CGI sequence with the de-aged Stallone playing a 30-something-year-old boxer at a quick conference, uh, press conference, and he retires from boxing. I think it's incumbent upon Stallone that anytime he plays a boxer, he has to announce his retirement. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I do want to say that right out of the gate, I appreciated the fact that Stallone really didn't bring any Rocky to this role. He was able to sort of play a boxer who didn't talk like Rocky, didn't have Rocky's mannerisms. I, I appreciated that. And I, and I thought it was, it was cool. And I don't know if it's more the amount of respect he has for that character. He didn't want to sort of cash in on that cheaply mm -hmm. or any more than they already were with the concept. But I thought the performance was, it wasn't Rocky Balboa. No, yeah, it could have, it could have easily faded into that. And he, he really did a good job keeping it separate. I agree. I agree. I agree too. And I think it's funny. I saw this in 2013 and I haven't seen it in six years. And I will say this is actually a good acting job on Sly's part. It is reined in. It's not over the top. It doesn't draw on the Rocky character. We as a viewer can't help but think of him as Rocky, but it's, it's enough of a performance and the screenplay is enough that I'm not thinking about Rocky very often. 
in this yeah. film at all. <laughs> Except when they're in the meat locker. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. See, okay. Do we want to go through all the meta count? Can we just get that out of the way? All the things that, well, why don't we just get the Rocky stuff out of the way? Because it, it happened a lot. I actually started writing down all the Rocky references. Did you guys do that or just, do you have them memorized or? Just sprinkled in my notes. I got to find You them. guys might've caught more than I did. Okay. Well, the obvious one was his trainer. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Alan Arkin. Yeah, great job by Alan Arkin playing the trainer Lightning. So I love how Mickey in the Rocky films always said you're going to eat, you know you're going to eat Lightning and you're to crap Thunder. So yeah. this this trainer's name is Lightning. <laughs> the, the writers who wrote this did they know when they wrote this character of the trainer they must have known that they were writing a Mickey like character. Oh, absolutely, totally. <laughs> Burgess Meredith played Mickey like nobody else could have played. It that character or really there's no other character like him in any movie the writers they had to have really been conscious of that when they wrote the lightning character to make him kind of like mickey but a little more funny and witty not as angry the two writers the main writers is tim kelleher and rodney rothman and tim kelleher his filmography writing credits uh, (laughs) two and a half men in living color and the Arsenio Hall show and the Pat Sajak show. Definitely some comedy uh, in his background. And then Rodney Rothman, he did the 21 Jump Street movies. Yeah, he's having a big year. He wrote um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, he did, oh, yes. I just and he that. also directed that. It was his directorial debut. Wow, there you go. And that was well-received by the masses, so good for him. Bravo to him. And he started off uh, writing for The Late Show with David Letterman. That's a pretty good way to get your start. So what did you guys think of the writing, like uh, the jokes or? I like the comedy in it. I thought De Niro killed it. He killed all the comedy scenes. Alan Arkin killed all, all his comedy scenes. Kevin Hart, every time he's on on, <laughs> on screen, he kills it. Stallone, I, just every time he tries to deliver a comedy line, it, it really bugs me because <laughs> he just doesn't have the timing. He doesn't have the delivery. Yeah, you know, he's only funny <laughs> when he's playing Rocky and Rocky tells his, like, that goofy funny, that mm-hmm. that adorable funny. He does that very well in Rocky, the Rocky character. He is not a comedic actor. So he was actually more, though, in this film. To his credit, though, he wasn't asked to bring the comedy, per se. He found himself in comedic situations around characters, people like Alan Arkin's character, he was surrounded by people that were kind of like zany, but he wow. was more, I think he did play kind of a more of a straight man. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, he did have those couple of moments though, like when they're, uh, they're going to do the skydiving stunt and he oh. throws, he throws De Niro out. I mean, that's mm. like the non like punchline type of humor that I think works for him. And I also love not to jump around, which we love to do on this show. It's it, uh, it's it's inevitable. <laughs> but uh, when they're recording the uh, the commercial for that um, <laughs> the casino buffet, and uh, they're both like reading their lines as stiff as could be, and then or, or Razor starts talking about the uh, the dangers of gambling. It's showtime at the Miraquois Casino. Slots, entertainment, and the best buffet on the Monongahela River. Just ask these two. Whoa, whoa! Will you get a load of that hunk of meat? Hey, watch your mouth, Billy the Kid. McDonough one time, light heavyweight champ. I'm right over here, right over by the delicious prime rib. Sorry, Henry Razor Sharp, one time light heavyweight champ. I didn't hear you as I am distracted by this mouth-watering chicken breast. 
Well, you know, if you've got a gambling problem, if you're kind of like a degenerate, I wouldn't come down here because gambling is a cancer. There's no getting around that. Please just follow the script, Razor. It's not that. It's not that. You know, the pictures make this place look all glamorous, but it could be a problem for some people. I'm just saying it should be known, that's all. What is this? Improv night at Chuckles? Come on, say the words. Well, maybe I just happened to hit a sore spot, huh? Didn't you lose 200 grand betting the Buffalo Bills? Who loses the Super Bowl four times in a row? Who loses? I thought they'd win at least once. Well, maybe you got a talent for losing. Yeah, I got a talent for busting (laughs) off. I think that stuff for me, that worked. That was genuinely funny, but it wasn't a joke with a setup and a punchline. Right. I think if you let him do that kind of stuff, that's where he's going to excel. Do you know what one but really bugged me was when he's walking through the park with Sally. He wants her to tell him, like, why kid? Why did she cheat on him with kid? You know, I know it was a long time ago, but what happened? Really? You were everything in my life. Then Kid beat you. And you were different. And I was lost. And everything started to fall apart. This is ancient history. I put it behind me. And I don't want to get emotional about it. I hope you put it behind you. And I just want to keep it calm. But why him? I mean, seriously, of all the people in the world, I, I, I can't get it through my head. I can't. I, oh I, I lay in bed at night. I want to pound my head against him. I dream about killing this guy at night. Why him? Okay. He's the worst guy in the world. Why? Okay. Um, okay. Remember when you went to the Catskills to train? You wanted to be alone. You wouldn't return my calls. Six months turned into a year. I, I know that now, but I was focused on winning the title. I know that. I know that. But I was so in love with you, and and. And I, I even flew up to surprise you. And I saw you with that woman and... I didn't even know her. Nothing even happened. I have no idea who she was. She just showed up. And what did I know? I just wanted to hurt you as much as I thought you had hurt me. And so, kid. Kid. <sighs> kid. All right. I understand. Wow. I think we've depressed the shit out of these pigeons. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> So he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get worked up. I'm going to be real calm about this. I'm going to try to stay calm. And then he starts yelling, but why him? And it, it just the set up the delivery and everything was just off. It was off. It was like, uh, uh. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, we were running down all the, the Rocky grabs, right? Yeah. Well, the commercial was, the well, we skipped over the commercial. The commercial was one of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With the bad reading. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, there's one earlier in the uh, steel mill. He bends down and he picks up what looks like a piece of rubber, and then he tosses it up in the air and catches it like it was his racquetball. Yeah. Yeah, I caught uh, that too. Yeah. It didn't look like a broken racquetball, did it? it just no, like a it was a piece of metal. It was a piece of metal. It was metal? Oh, that I was think metal? so. I think it was oh. like a cracked off or welded part of metal or something, but he picks oh. it off the ground and he, and he chuck, chucks it in his hand just like he did with that rubber ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. That was another Rocky moment. Uh, another one, of course, was the eggs. The eggs, yeah. I mean, that was an obvious one. Fighters still do this? Seems like a lot of cholesterol. Quiet. Wake up. And don't throw up. And yeah. he goes, Are, do people still do this? Yeah, they're yeah. kind of high in cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> but he dribbles. He couldn't get those all down. He dribbled a lot down his shirt, which... <laughs> <laughs> this had to be a, a, an actor moment where, where Al Narkin reached down, like wiped it off his shirt for him. 
He also, that last gulp he held in his mouth, he didn't swallow that last gulp of it. And uh, another one was press conference, goes without saying. Mm-hmm. Most box movies, but then you got <coughs> Razor being laid off from his job, just like Rocky got laid off mm-hmm. from the uh, meat factory. What else you got here? Oh, yeah, he talked about it in the boxing match. He, he says he doesn't want to get cut, he doesn't have his eye cut. Yeah, yeah, yep. Your eye's almost swollen shut. Okay. Didn't work anyway. At least you don't have to cut me. You don't listen to a thing I say, do you? Not this time. He's hurting too. He is. Uh, also, he told his trainer not to throw in the towel. He's got you figured out. So what? So I'm going to call a fight. There was uh, an elevated train running by his house or something. Uh, being blind in one eye. Yeah, yep. the eye. Sharp's right eye is badly swollen, fighting half blind. Every time you come out from the left with the hook, you're knocking the snot out of him. You can't see it coming. That's bullshit. <laughs> It's not Wait, bullshit. How do you it's know that? Because mom told me. What do you think she made it up? I'm telling you, that's the way it is. That don't matter. I'm kicking his ass. You know? What do you do that for? You go out there, you attack his blind eye, then everyone's going to say you didn't beat him at his best. You're not going to be able to live with that. You're not going to be able to sleep at night. I'm taking what's coming to me for 30 years. Dude, you want to do this right, you got to stand in front of him where he can see you. It's crazy, the blind eye. The last one I got here was, of course, we have the training montage. We have two of them. We had the failed montage where you can't lift the tires. <clears throat> And he's pulling the car that almost runs him over. Then the successful montage, after he knows why he's fighting, <laughs> the proper reason why he's fighting, he pulls a big rig and he's able to flip the tires over. This movie would not exist. Even if Robert De Niro had done Raging Bullets, say, as it was, and let's just pretend Stallone was just as popular as he was in 2013 if he had never done Rocky. This movie would never have been made if Rocky never existed. Oh, yes. Yeah. So what I mean by that, though, these writers and the people that greenlit this movie, they were banking on the success of Rocky. The same way you can almost argue with uh, Michael Keaton, who did that Birdman movie. That movie works because Michael Keaton played a superhero as Batman. So you've got that meta of life and actor, you know, reaching their golden age and what they used to be. That's exactly what this movie's playing on in a comedic way. How do you think this movie would have worked had it not been a comedy, a straight up drama like Birdman? (laughs) <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> i think the concept of this movie just lends itself so much to comedy that mm-hmm. i think if you do a drama with two older guys it could just become depressing yeah well I, yeah but, but maybe that's the film we're looking at here and I, I, because there was enough parts in this film where it played as a straight drama the relationship with the punisher and his dad uh <laughs> DJ, yeah yeah <laughs> But then they would have conversations about his name being BJ. Hey, what's BJ stand for? Huh? Bradley James. It stands for Bradley James, but I just, I like BJ. We all do, kid. But it's one thing to get one, and it's another to be called one. Uh, that is clever, I gotta tell you. Kids in school used to say that. I smacked the loudest one in the mouth, made the rest of them stop. I bet. That's why I spent like a month in the principal's office because of people saying stuff like that. Like that was like an ongoing joke in the film where they even went down to getting jelly beans for the kids. Scotch jelly beans, right? Yeah. Butterscotch yeah. jelly beans. Dad, yeah. what do the letters and your name mean to be in the J? You see what you started. You did that. You started this. Well, you know, Trey, I'll answer that. B and J stands for butterscotch jelly beans. Really? A lot of guys like butterscotch jelly beans. But you know the problem? Sometimes women don't like to give guys butterscotch jelly beans. <laughs> I love butterscotch jelly beans a lot. I like to have like a hundred a day. Wow. What an appetite you have. <laughs> boy, oh boy. That was the rare good kid actor. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. good. 
Yeah. Yeah, I like that kid. He actually had one line in his one of his lines in the film actually made me like truly LOL. When when him, Sally, for the Punisher and the Rage of Bull, they're all uh, at the diner. You know, it might be helpful if you just told us what you hated about the guy so much. Yeah, it doesn't seem that bad. Yeah, I offered to marry you. He did. He didn't want to marry me. No, I offered to marry you. Uh, you also offered to sleep with my sister, I think, the same night. I can still hear you. And Jess. You did. With Carol, my friend, if you remember. You was. must be really tired if you fall asleep with all these people. Sometimes people make you tired. You know what? I've got some quarters. Why don't you go play a video game? That'd be fun. Come on, this is the best dinner conversation we ever had. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, he must be tired if he goes to sleep with all those women. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good stuff. Um, <clears throat> so there were good lines like that, where there were lines, you know, that made it fun. But dramas have comedy, right? They, they don't play as a comedy, but a lot of dramatic lines can have comedy. So I'm wondering if they just toned down maybe some of the. There weren't a lot of silly gags, but there were there were enough silly gags to make this a comedy, like them and their CGI suits. <clears throat> But you could have easily just turned that into they were asked to be part of a CGI program, have the suits be black or a blue yeah. and, and have them not the bulbs be so big and that make them more realistic of how they look today. And you could have played it where they do bump into each other and throw punches and the, the fight still goes viral. So there are I think every scene could have been knocked down out of comedy. And I, I, I wonder how it would have played to the critics had it been approached the wrestler with Mickey Rourke or something I, like that. You had a, a boxing drama with Robert De Niro called Raging Bull, and you had a boxing drama with Sylvester Stallone called Rocky. So are you really going to want to go down that road again? Yeah, you're mm-hmm. bringing the, the two actors together, but yeah, they're older too. You could say, like, we've already seen this before. Give us something fresh. It That's turns fair. out the critics didn't like it anyway. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. But the other thing is, I think De Niro was so far beyond being a dramatic actor. Mm. That would have been a tough sell as well, because... I can't remember the last wide release he did where he was not being comedic. I mean, pretty much ever since what analyze this, he went and he's gone in that comedy lane. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, this is actually one of his more dramatic roles he's done in a while. Like I said, this movie plays both hands. I think that's, I don't know if I have a complaint. I mean, I haven't quite given my final, like how I feel about this movie just yet. I don't know. I'm torn because there's some of the parts were silly. There's some parts are really good drama and maybe that's just what that's what that film is and doug i agree we already got the drama heavy drama my goodness with raging bull from what i can understand uh, with rocky of course the drama uh, we get into the silly with rocky's three and four and maybe you could argue that like is the character rocky better in parts in part three as kind of comedic movie or is it better as a drama a question we'll never know the answer to Good. <laughs> so here's a here's a joke that kind of failed when i watched it razor and kid they end up in prison right they had that how did they end up in prison again i can't remember the fight at oh, the studio yeah they they basically destroyed the studio oh, so they, they, they went to prison because of that okay we have a kid at the prison he's just chirping he's just chirping at razor saying you know hey you can't you, you can't get away from me now like you're stuck in prison with me they're they're on separate cages but he's like mm-hmm. chirping at uh Tripping at Razor. That must be tough for you, huh? Super pussy. Super pussy. Can't run or hide anymore, can you? You can't ignore me anymore. Huh? You can't ignore me. Huh? Can't ignore me. Well, one of you fellows hurry up and rape this guy already. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, prison rape. Always fun. Uh, <laughs> like. I'm kidding. 
Okay, Doug, we have to say it every episode. You're a cop, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not for long. Really <laughs> How much raping happens in prison? Like, is this a. Well, not even that. This is like the county lockup, right? <laughs> I know. Oh, it's municipal. It's like the drunk tank at the, yeah. the old city lockup. That's got to yeah. be the least likely of places that you're going to get the sexually yeah. assaulted, right? Right, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's as prevalent as, you know, the no. movies would have you think. No. What did you think of the car crash? Am I missing something here? What? Dante just told you you're playing the console center. Yeah. And you act more nervous than excited. No, I, listen, I'm excited. It's just I don't drive a lot at night and I'm kind of concentrating. Is this going to be huge? Dolly. Oh. Are you okay? No, I mean, you're, you're cut up here. I never saw that guy. He just came out of nowhere. I swear to God, I never saw him. Jesus. I forgot that he was blind in that eye, and I really didn't know why they included that. But then I, I guess that was to illustrate that he didn't see the car because he couldn't see out of his right eye. Yeah, and that's the scene that I'm talking about. There's nothing funny at all about that scene. That scene is brutal. And when I saw that in the theater, I, I forget who I was with, but both me and the me and the person I saw it with, might have been actually my brother, Ruben, actually. We both jumped. Like, whoa, uh, we did not see this coming. They're just in a car ride. Mind you, it was another Mustang. Uh, Stallone in movies cannot keep his Mustangs together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now do, now, do you guys think, aside from it being a sort of quick nod to Rocky, but do you think they sort of gave Razor that impairment to make the fight a little bit more believable? Because as great as De Niro was in, with the physicality in Raging Bull, you can't really put him on the same level as Stallone physically. So I almost wonder if they gave Razor that handicap to sort of give a believable reason uh, that kid would be able to, to do what he did in the ring to him. And that's a good point because we know in this film and the second time I've seen it, I really play to the strengths of both boxers. And I think in the film we see that the kid is actually a better boxer in the prime, the kid was a better boxer. He's kind of like an Apollo Creed to, to Rocky. That Apollo is a better boxer. And as we know, the only thing that beat Apollo was time. His time had ended. And Razor, Stallone's character in Grudge Match, is a younger boxer than kid by four years. And so time was kind of on the younger boxer's career, so to speak. So I think you're right, Craig, that that handicap with the eye, we know how it plays in the final part of the film. And I'd forgotten how this, how this ended, actually. And only I saw it once six years ago, so I actually forgot how this film ended. I totally forgot how the film ended. In a film like this, with two stars like De Niro and Stallone, both playing boxers, both playing, you know, obviously playing on their career, I think it's kind of the perfect ending to the film to have it where there is no loser per se. Now, how do you feel about them giving the win to Razor? What What are your thoughts on that? I can't imagine anybody went into this movie expecting the Stallone character to lose. Okay. I remember going in and uh, not being 100% sure where they were going with it. But at the same time, you know, in, in the back of your head, you're like, it's obvious the Stallone character is going to win. I think really it doesn't really matter because like you said, you didn't really even remember who won the fight. The winner of the fight really isn't the important part of this movie, right? No, and I think you're right. I think they can't have, I mean, you look at the ring, you can see that Razor has just taken better care of himself than Kid has. And that plays into the real life world that Stallone has taken care of himself better than De Niro has. And nothing, De Niro has no shame. This isn't about body shame. It's just Stallone spends 20 hours a day working out and De Niro doesn't. 
And De Niro's, I think, 70 in this film, so he's got nothing to frown at. Like, I'm sure I'll look like a schlub when I'm 70. And he didn't even look that bad. He just looked 70 years old, that's all. And Stallone is not a normal-looking, in this film, 66-year-old. That's not normal. It's so your normal guy walking around the street. So you can almost argue that Razor, over the years, over the last 30 years, for whatever reason, has decided to stay cut. <laughs> and the kid has not. Yeah. Now, did they actually reference their ages? Did they do like the tail of the tape or something? No, I'm just going by their ages in real life. I think something, I don't think their ages really came up, but I think it was played to a bit that kid uh, was a more seasoned boxer. He boxed, had a longer career, and I think Razor came in at the end of kid's career. That's why he kind of caught him at his tail end of his career, that he wasn't at his best. Mm -hmm. I didn't know which direction they were going to go with who won the fight and still i don't know why they did choose to pick razor over kid but i guess you can argue that kid won more when he, he was able to reunite with his son like kid really had a wider arc in this movie than than razor did he was the womanizer he was a piece of garbage in the beginning by the end he had a son who, who he never met before his grandson you know he didn't get the girl but he got what ended up being important to him in the end he got to have a relationship with his son after 30 years of not knowing him, played again by the Punisher. And he's got a, he's got a grandson. So let's talk about a little bit about the cast. We've kind of skipped all over the place. Let's talk about uh, what's his name again? The guy that plays the Punisher. I always know it. Then I John Barthol. Okay. When I saw this film, I had already been a fan of Walking Dead. So yeah. I knew I knew him from Shane from Walking Dead. I thought he did a great job. I think I enjoyed his performance more the second time around than the first time. It was a lot more subdued because he usually plays a very intense personalities in movies, and that's just his character. I mean, that's what he play, that, that's what he's cast as. He, he can play a very intense. I mean, the Punisher for Pete's sakes is very intense, very brutal. But in this film, he played a really subdued character, and it was actually a really a really human performance. Yeah, and and I'll speak to that in a minute. But it, it, I have a, a funny story about him when The Walking Dead first came out out on the in new jersey it's like horror convention central they do what four major conventions a year in jersey alone they do uh, monster mania and chiller theater i used to go to them all uh, they'd have one in october and one in the spring and probably march and me and my brother went to um god i want to it's like right over the bridge from philadelphia cherry hill cherry hill they did their spring monster mania and like everybody but rick from the walking dead was there and my brother was a huge fan of the show. So we went into this room. There wasn't a line or anything. I mean, the show was like brand new. But my brother went around and he met all the people from The Walking Dead and got their picture with them. John was there and super cool guy. So that's always cool to see. And yet he's being paid to be there. But whatever. I mean, I've had experiences at conventions with people that are being paid to be there and they're still dicks. So mm -hmm. <laughs> the one thing I did uh, notice the second time watching this movie is how much you see him sort of doing De Niro. There's enough of it there where you can see that they're father and son, which I think it's really subtle, but there were like two scenes, and I wish I wrote it down, where his delivery, and I think he repeats himself, which is something that De Niro kind of does all the time. But I thought it was really sort of like a little subtle hint that you could see that they were father and son. Hmm. I wish I could think off the top which, uh, which ones those were. It might have been when uh, they were arguing about um, the car that he gave him, okay. where he's like, take the keys, take the keys. So why'd you come back? I just want to give you these back. Right. Oh, I have a dealership. I can't have my son drive around in that old piece of shit. Look, I appreciate the gesture, all right? But just, 
You're not buying me back in your life. It's not gonna happen. Just take the keys. Take the keys, please. Um, I, I just remember some of the dialogue being like really reminiscent of the way that De Niro would deliver it. Okay, I thought it was uh, he played a great part in it. Did the age seem a little off though? Hmm. I mean, I don't know how old he was when he filmed this movie, but he didn't look like a guy that was born in. Well, they they really didn't thirty establish. years. They they kept saying thirty years. 30 yeah, years. But what, was the kid born thirty years ago, or they never really established they were rivals? And Razor kind of really hated mm. kids for doing that to him. But the only thing I in my head I was like, oh, maybe she had the kid a couple of years prior to that because maybe he was thirty when he made this movie. He just didn't look thirty to me. Yeah, no, he. Um, I think I, from what I saw, he was born in seventy six. Yeah. So in thirteen, he would have been. Uh, he would have been 37. Yeah, yeah. And so. and just the fact that he had this whole college career that he referenced that yeah. kid had been following. Did that confuse you too? Well, it was kind of one of those cheap things where kid's not supposed to know that he has a son. Or yeah. he knows he has a son, but he stepped away from his life. But then you see that he's secretly been watching him and was proud of him. It was a cheap screenwriting sort of technique, I think, to find a way for bj to, to forgive kid after being so careless with his grandson but then was he pretending not to know who he was when he first ran into him if he knows what he looks like like that part confused me good point i didn't even think about that what confused mm. me and it wasn't until actually it didn't dawn on me that he was the daughter uh, sorry the son of sally who slept with both boxers I, they don't really play to that that's, that's a weird uh, Razor was that close to being this kid's stepdad. <laughs> Isn't this kind of a? I thought that was a really weird writing. They didn't really, and they didn't really talk about it very much. Like, oh, this is your kid. The time that she cheated, mm-hmm. Sally cheated on Razor thirty years ago. That's why they broke up. That one time, she gets knocked up by kid's kid. Yeah, no, by kid. By kid. By kid. Yeah, she gets yeah. knocked up by kid's kid. Yeah, she gets. <laughs> she, she gets. <laughs> What about kids, kids, kid? No, and I don't know if I was iPhoning at the time or something, but I don't recall when when the kid Junior told De Niro's character Sally is the mother. I, I don't think he had to because yeah. he said I'm your son. I, I just I thought it was implied. Yeah, but who's the that, mother? That she well she, he was the product of her infidelity. Yeah, but that was never. He didn't. He didn't. He just said, "Hey, look, uh, look, dude, I'm your son. Okay, let's go have some coffee." Yeah, I, I, I just I thought he it was, was able to connect the dots. I mean, yeah. maybe because it's been thirty years, so I guess the one girl he not you know had sex with thirty years. But he told he said himself that he was a player that he had multiple relationships. Like Doug established, he'd been keeping track of him. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, she told kid to stay out of her life and and her son's life. So maybe up until that, uh, I, I don't know, was it months? Was it a year or two? Who knows? But maybe he was around in the beginning. But then, you know, he's such a piece of garbage that she wanted to have nothing to do with him. So she told him to scram. But he kept, he took it upon himself to keep track of his of his son's growth. Uh, so Jason Haynes is uh, chiming in. Welcome, Jason. He says he can't hear me. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. All right. He says... Uh, he's yelling and goes, Ryan, we can't hear you. Your audio sucks. It's too low. Hello. <laughs> Where I, I can't see this. That's in Facebook. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, so it's, 
Oh, I'm, I'm so not. Jason, if you, if you can hear me, tell me if you can hear me now, if it sucks. Well, I, but if you guys can hear me. Okay. That that's all that matters. Cause then it'll be fine for iTunes. Uh, we got some chat over here on YouTube where uh, Davy Greg says he hasn't seen this movie yet. Every time he listens to our show, he's got a, a new movie to watch because we keep bringing up sly movies that he hasn't seen yet. Right and he says that this sounds like an incest movie. <laughs> 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 we're probably not explaining it very well. See, the problem with our reviews, Greg, is we're, we're not very good at giving proper synopsis of the movie. So we really encourage people to see the movie, then listen to our show, because we, we don't give a very good Siskel and Ebert synopsis of the show. We try, but it's terrible. kind of all over the place, and it's, it really is terrible. It's the one thing we're always going to be consistent at. <laughs> Poor quality. <laughs> A poor quality product. <laughs> you know, I'm with you, man. Most of these movies I'm seeing for the first time or, uh, you know, for the second time because I haven't seen it for 30 years or so since. So I'm right there with you. Well, Jason keeps saying that it's really low, so I don't know. But do I sound low to you guys? No. no. Is it just just Ryan is low, Jay? Apparently. Uh, Navy Greg, am I low? Tell me on uh, YouTube. Okay. Well, I, if I am, I am. I, I can boost it uh, post-production, but... What did you guys think of Kevin Hart? When I saw this film in 2013, I didn't know Kevin Hart from anybody. This was the first time I've seen him perform was this film. I remembered him from Soul Plane, okay. <laughs> <laughs> which is a movie I love. And I knew him kind of from his stand-up. I think he's the reason this movie is as much of a comedy as it is. He's such a big personality. There's a handful of short jokes. I like how he kind of gets right in front of those. Um, yeah. You know, he dresses like, hey, you're taking a cheap shot at me or whatever. I, I kind of like that. I, I like the character. I like that, you know, they sort of alluded to the fact that he was the son of a um, famous and successful promoter. And he was trying his best to make that dollar and cent like his dad did. He had a good hustle. And I really enjoyed the character and the performance. I enjoyed this movie the second time more than the first time. I think the first time when I saw the film, I was at odds with what it was trying to be maybe and trying to disengage the Rocky character. And I, when I watched this film the second time, I found myself enjoying it much more the second time around. And regarding Kevin Hart's character, yeah, his jokes were funny. And I like the one little banter he had with Stallone where Stallone called him short. So why are you here, Junior? Why am I here? You know what this is, Razor? A bad movie? It's a video game. Exactly when did they unfreeze you, Captain America? Captain America? You know, I'd like to take you down a peg, but it looks like somebody already beat me to it. The height joke. That was good. That's original. Let me tell you something, Razor. Height ain't nothing but a number. See, in Thailand, I'm in the 95th percentile, which means I'm okay over there. So what you said can't hurt my feelings. Mm. And uh, and no pun intended, but talk about calling the kettle black there, Sly. (laughs) Well, I think in that scene, uh, I think Sly had to be on uh, maybe uh, an apple crate or something. (laughs) Kevin Hart is short. He probably is five five or something. Like I, I think say he's five four or five five. Yeah. Yeah. And so Stallone must just love being four inches taller. <laughs> you know what else I loved? I liked about his character is, you know, they constantly showed that he was holding back the amount of money he was going to share with them, which was money he was going to keep for himself. Yeah. And, and I like how he kind of used that as a way to to sweeten the pot when he needed to. I'm about to lay something huge on you. I got a company that wants the official rematch, December 15th, Palace Theater. They're going to pay each of us 75 grand. Each of us. I don't know why I said that. I meant each of you. They're going to pay each of you 100 grand. You just said 75. Now you went to 100? Yeah, that, I mean, that was before because I was thinking about the thing I did in the house, but it's not Don't worry that. about the numbers because it ain't going to happen. Just give me the 15 grand you promised me for the game. 
Hey, Jago, you promised him 15 grand? First he of did. all, give me the money. Why are we talking about that? Because they're not going to pay you. You'd be lucky they don't sue the both of you for breaking the ball. Saying, I needed that Raising. money. Okay. I needed the money. I should be doing this for the 15. Okay, what you should do is get off me in front of this police station. My take on Kevin Hart's character is every movie that he's in, he's one of the main players. And usually, like the movie Get Hard with Will Ferrell or The Wedding Ringer uh, with Josh Gad, which are good comedy movies in their own right. But usually by the end of the movie, I'm a little full of his shtick. And this, he, he's not a main character. So every time he his scene comes up, you're like, oh, yeah, like Kevin Hart's in this. It was, and, it was it, just enough for him. In yeah, for it, was, it wasn't too much where you got tired of it. My favorite Kevin Hart scenes were when him and Alan Arkin were, were going at it. I know we got a contract, but I can't stand being around that clown anymore. What is up with you? Huh? What, did you what? wake up on the wrong side of the tenement this morning? Hey, is that Webster. It? Show a little respect. And I choose to believe that you just called me Webster because of my dictionary-sized vocabulary and not because of my height and race. Nope, it's because you're short and black. That's funny. That's real funny. What was Jesus like? I'm curious. Was he cool? Come on, kid! Hey, listen, you, you, you gotta hold it down because you're driving me crazy. I'm sorry. Do I give a shit? No! Man, are you gonna be feisty when you hit puberty? <laughs> they were hilarious together. Like, legitimately funny. You know, Alan Arkin's making the short jokes and... Kevin Hart's making the the old joke. Alan Arkin in his right is a very funny man. Uh, Doug, we got some kissing for you. Sly was kissing in this film again. How'd you feel about that? <laughs> it wasn't as uh, as disturbing as the specialist. <laughs> <laughs> Few things are. <laughs> so how do you think Kim Bassinger did? I think she was quite frankly the wor- the kind of weak the weakest of the film. I know it's kind of a thankless role to play the girl that cheated on the boxer and she's trying to get back. It's not a great character arc. It's not her fault. She's a plot device. She's that extra bit of conflict they needed to get the two of them in the ring together. And it's always cool to see her on screen because, you know, unfortunately Hollywood's, it's just society in general, I guess, when a woman hits a certain age, you know, there just aren't those roles for them anymore. You're right about the plot device. That's the best way to say it. I think she did fine. Uh, I just think out of uh, out of a very strong cast. I mean, think about it. you have Stallone, who's just a star presence on screen. Then you have De Niro, my goodness, and then you have Alan Arkin stealing his role, and you have Kevin Hart, you know, really coming out of nowhere. For me, as a viewer, it's the first time I've seen him in anything because this was six years ago, and uh, he would have been young then, like 28, 29, maybe 30. She just kind of came in. It's like, oh yeah, look, it's the chick from uh, Batman. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure that if you put anybody in that role, they would have knocked it out of the park because it wasn't. It was such a vanilla role. Sharon you know, Stone. Forget it. Oh jeez. <laughs> Do you know who played young Sally at the beginning? Her daughter. <sighs> yeah. Kim Basinger's daughter. Oh yeah. really? Basinger and Alec Baldwin's daughter. Her last nice. name is Baldwin. I wonder if it's the one that Alec Baldwin called a pig. Oh. One <laughs> call. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so navy greg has a question he says he came in late but he's uh he wants to know if this movie is a comedy or serious and we were talking about that it is funny there are scenes in this movie that are genuinely funny there's very little in this film that is stop or my mom will shoot the gags in this film actually work it's not over the top and so it's subtle humor it's not na- naked gun humor it's not That's stop cool. or my mom will shoot attempted humor it's actually grounded humor Anything that's kind of silly would be Kevin Hart, but he delivers it with so, so – if you like Kevin Hart, you're going to like his role. He plays Kevin Hart as much as he does in this film. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think this film is funny. There were parts where I were genuinely – I laughed. I, and they're very – I found myself laughing at the parts that were 
like a smaller humor, but you know, one-liners and stuff. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm just looking at some of the quotes. Yeah, I wouldn't call this a dramedy by any stretch. I think it's more of a comedy that's grounded in reality. It's not like Austin Powers or Anchorman or something like that. But I think if you're going to shelf this, you're going to put it in the comedy section. And if you're shelving it that way, it's probably the most successful comedy Sly's ever done. Here's a good sequence here that I like. Uh, Lightning, he's the old trainer. He's in this nursing home. He gets mad at the male nurse for being, you know, being the guy that gives him the bass he wanted, the hot nurse that he had before. What's going on? He barricaded himself in with a scooter second time this week. Second time? Sorry, Nora. Lightning, it's me. What's the problem? The degenerate out there. He replaced my girl Maria. I don't say that. You don't even know the guy. He looks, he looks like a nice guy. No! Maria gives me the sponge bath, not this guy. His hands are like 80-grit sandpaper, and he's throwing himself into it a little bit too much, if you know what I mean. Christ, I've never been so clean in my entire life. Hey, hey, I'm just doing my job. I know. Yeah, that's what my scoutmaster said. That was Anthony Anderson, too, wasn't it? Yeah, kind of a thankless role for Anthony Anderson. I thought he was going to be in the film more, but he was just... uh, His screen name for the credits was Mr. Sandpaper Hands. (laughs) (laughs) So the line here is, what kind of man knowingly takes a job where he's got to wash another man's balls? He's the hero as far as I'm concerned, pal. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Razor says, he's a hero as far as I'm concerned, pal. <laughs> that's a great that's a great line. It's lines like that, and like that's calm. You can see maybe the two and a half men comedy writing here. That's the sitcom type of humor, which I like. It's silly. But it's funny because it, it speaks to real life. Like, no offense to our male nurses out there. Any man that's a nurse. He, they are heroes, but really, what kind of person willingly takes on the job to wash old people's uh, nether regions? So bravo to them. Yeah, I never understood that, how they take that job, knowing that that's part of the process. So Navy um, Greg uh, says one other thing here, and boy, he should be on the podcast. He said it perfectly. He goes, without even seeing the film, he goes, is it like a grumpy old men type comedy? Funny with sentimental, sentiment, sentimentality. How do you say that word? Sentiment. Being sentimental. So I, I think that I think that it kind of shoots for that. I think it's a little bit more screwball comedy-ish, a little bit more. I think it's kind of it's an aging old man tale, and there's comedy bits. Yeah, I think it's a fair probably. No, thinking about what what you asked before, or when you mentioned that it was Stallone's most successful comedy, it is, but it's not at the thanks of of Stallone. It's the supporting cast that makes it a successful comedy, in my opinion. Well, I would actually even say that you could probably make an argument that this or Rhinestone, and depending mm. on what who you have arguing for, you could argue that Rhinestone is the more successful comedy, just because Dolly is so good in that movie. Right. If the comedy is left up to Stallone, then it's a problem. I haven't seen Rhinestone in decades, maybe since the 80s. I know it's been rolling around in our, our discussions offline about throwing that in for the vote, but I think for now, out of all the movies we've reviewed... I guess this is the second comedy, but remembering Oscar and remembering Stop from My Mom Will Shoot, which we just reviewed, this definitely works as a comedy. There, like I said, there's nothing in this that's embarrassing. I didn't find myself being like, oh, why is Stallone doing this? I actually think Stallone's most successful comedic role was probably Death Race 2000, where uh, <laughs> it might not have been the awareness he had of himself yet or just the fact that it was a Roger Corman movie and it's kind of expected, but... Machine Gun Joe got all the great lines. He had that great sidekick navigator. 
there's so many quotable lines from Stallone in Death Race 2000. And man, that's a movie I wanted to talk about so bad. And um, I believe I, I offered it up and, and it lost already. So it won't be uh, in the in the running again for a while. Well, there's no rules that you can't re-vote or re-put well, in Well, the public speaks, and obviously the public didn't want us to talk about it. <laughs> we're going to have to put up three losers next time, so one of those is going to have to win. Oh, yeah. Isn't that what we talked about doing? We have to. I mean, eventually, we're going to have to roll back and get to movies that we already offered up because... Whatever we need to do to avoid talking about it, Avenging, An- uh, Avenging Angelo, Spy Kids 3D... Um, <laughs> The other thing we have to talk about is how big does Stallone's role have to be before it's to qualify it for our monthly mi- meetup? Anyone? Anyone? Let's do that question again. Let's just respond to somebody in the uh, YouTube chat. Well, he he was the main villain in Spy Kids 3D, so I'd say that that's a okay. a valid choice. I mean, I don't think we'd serve up like what that movie Taxi that he was in, and like what was it like a French film or something where he had a cameo. When I go through his IMDb every month, there's a few click on it and his name is like sixth down on the list. And I'm like, you know, I don't think that qualifies. That was like him doing a favor for whoever that guy that produces the Expendables movies are. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I guess we'll we'll get down the line with that at some point. But what about the uh, training montages? I thought they were good. And I I thought how they, they, they did the dueling. Training montages, which in, in the Rocky movies, I don't think you saw those as much because right. they were supposed to be there with Rocky. We're not really that concerned with how Clubber Lang is training. Although we did get that in those movies. I thought seeing the the differences in how they trained was great. And I actually really like the little sort of training arc we got with Kid as well, where, you know, obviously he helped LL Cool J's dad uh, get mm-hmm. on the map as a trainer. They have that whole scene up in his office where Kids able to, to get a punch oh, in yeah. on him. Where's your dignity? You're in my office begging me for a comeback you don't deserve. Well, take your best shot now. Oh, oh kid. Take your best shot. What are you flexing for? Don't try it, kid. I'm warning you. I'll lay you out. Don't worry. I won't. Oh, come on, kid. What? I saw your fist clench 10 seconds ago. I saw your eyes dart at my gut five seconds ago. You're an old man. You're washed up. Oh! Did you see that five seconds ago, huh? Yeah, what? My eyes started there first. I can't believe you. After what I did for your father and your family, how you ever could say no to me, you wouldn't have all this if it wasn't for me. You wouldn't have this gym if it weren't for me. I don't understand. You mentioned my father. That's a low blow. I respect what you did for my family, kid. What are you going to do for me? Okay, I'll let you train here. Good. I'll even get some of my guys to help you out. Okay. But you and I both know I won't be doing jack. Okay, thanks. Thanks. As long as we're clear. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> See, you got me moving faster already. But then they pair him with Joey. Is it Joey oh, Coco Diaz? Oh, the, 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 yeah, yeah, the, the big fat yeah. guy. The trainer that's more interested in reading uh, magazines and or kids able to fat shame him after he's been fat shamed by everybody else. Um, he, he had one of the funniest lines talking about that guy. Uh, <laughs> I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta find it. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember. There's another Rocky callback that um, we didn't talk about where kid first goes to have lunch or, or breakfast with BJ. They're eating the pancakes and BJ says, excuse me, can I just, just ask you something real quick? You're, you're in training, right? Huh? What are you training for? A pie eating contest? <laughs> that's, that's all carbs. It's good. Maple syrup. It's some scotch. Which is from Rocky five. 
That's right. That you caught that. And another rock reference was kid when he was skipping rope and that fat trainer was reading the paper. That's what Sly did in Creed, reading the paper while Adonis was skipping rope. Oh yeah, yeah. So ironically, Creed stole something from Grudge Match. <laughs> my, my head's about to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Meta upon meta. Uh, the line that you're thinking of there, Doug, was uh, he was talking talking mad at LL Cool J. We've got to talk about LL Cool J's in this film. So De Niro's character is talking mad at LL Cool J. He says, "Yeah, Frank. Oh, this is great, Frank. Uh, being in the main ring with you and the crew and all that, but I already have a trainer. What's your problem, kid? I thought you'd be thankful that I was offering to work with you. Yeah. I'm trying to do you a favor here. And I'm grateful. And it was nice of you to come down from your mountaintop to do me this favor. But I don't need a favor. I need a trainer. You stuck me with that guy who's such a dumb shit. He doesn't even know I'm talking about him right now. <laughs> I it love shows, it. it. shows the guy just reading the paper, not even paying yeah. attention. That was an LOL moment. I truly laughed out loud when I saw that. Yeah. Again, that's that was De Niro's timing, man, his delivery. Yeah, Not yeah, sure. he's he's got a great cadence when he goes De Niro. That uh, that cadence in his voice. So we didn't talk about how this movie did at the box office. It basically Oof. broke even. This didn't even crack top ten the week it came out. Yeah, no, it, well, it made seven million opening weekend. Eek. Yeah, it broke even worldwide, I guess, or whatever, at least domestically. So it's it's weird because it, I didn't know about it. Yeah, exactly. If Doug didn't know about it, and, and, you, and this is like one of the biggest audiences for that movie. That's your answer right there. For whatever reason, they didn't market this movie at all. Yeah, that's crazy, Doug. What What were you doing in 2013? I have no idea. I'm trying. That's another thing I was trying to think of. What, what was I doing in 2013? And it was around the holidays. And the fact that it came out on, I think it came out on Christmas Day, right? That's a movie you release the last week of the year because you wanted to get the Oscar nomination for somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. This has to be one of the most poorly marketed films. Mm. In Stallone's entire career, because you could almost also argue that, like, is the Rocky name really what sells those movies? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Long and short. Yeah. I'm going to say something controversial here. OK, uh, well, maybe not controversial, but maybe maybe hard to admit. Stallone is just not a box office draw anymore or well and it breaks my heart because you know i love him and i love you know i love his movie we have a whole podcast network dedicated to him right and i'm passionate about it and there's millions of fans out there he's he's definitely big domestic or sorry internationally almost better than he is domestically but this is a film that is not a bad film in fact it's a good film it's a fun film you have fun when you watch it i haven't met anyone personally who has seen this film who said i can't stand it i hate it i don't know why i wasted my time and you hear about those films making money Uh this film should have made more money than it made it i think amongst users and watchers they all seem to agree that it was a fun film so i don't know where these stallone fans are are they just not going to the movies are they are they downloading illegally i wonder I wonder if illegal streaming never existed, what the box office would be on this film. Yeah. In all fairness, though, and I think this speaks to De Niro and Stallone, how many other actors from their era are still starring in movies? It's very rare that you get people that have five and six decade long careers. Mm -hmm. Their longevity is huge and there's nobody in their there's nobody that they're competing with in their age bracket and who have been out as long as they have. Like very few people are going to see a seven year old plus movie. When you talk about Stallone as a box office draw, you know, taking the international draw out of the equation, you had what, maybe a 10 year run that ended with, we could argue cliffhanger. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was his last big one. That wasn't Rocky Rambo. And it happens to everybody. I mean, you can almost see that if Tom Cruise doesn't do a Mission Impossible movie, not bringing in a lot of a lot of box office. Actors are just like musicians in that they have an audience that they like to see certain actors be in. And when you get out of that, whether it's Rocky, Rambo, Mission Impossible, you name it, Will Smith's the same thing. Like every actor has their draw. And so it's no exception to slice. I guess it just breaks my heart that when I was a teenager – he was the draw, man. Like, it was everything. Like, every time Sloan came with a movie, even Judge Dredd made some money. It's just sad to see it end. That's all. Man, what a way to bring the whole thing down, Ryan. Oh, <laughs> you know what a, a good way to bring it back up is? Um, well, it's, it's officially a podcast. <laughs> yeah, there they go. Las Vegas is finest. You're lucky we didn't record last night, man. It was, like, nonstop. Yeah. Back and forth. And the AVN Awards were on right across the street. So I don't know if that had anything to do uh, to do with it. But uh, to, to bring some levity back to this podcast, what did you guys think of De Niro farting in BJ's? <laughs> what, is, what is it exactly you're doing right now? Right now, what are you rest. doing? You're taking a rest, huh? That's going to get the job done. Jesus Christ, did you just fart on me? Did you just fart on me? Are you kidding me? In a boxing? You got to be kidding me. Good God, come on. Better than that. Are you kidding me? Man, my head's right there. <laughs> I actually thought that that was not written into the script. It was so freaking funny. You think it was an ad lib? Yeah. I really thought because BJ asked him, he answered, he said, You fart, and De Niro doesn't really have a reaction. He just throws his hands up. Yeah. Oh, I, I think Ryan's having a flashback. I was thinking of my brother and I talking about the Rocky workouts, and he actually mentioned that when you do that kind of crunches and workouts, you do fart stuff, and he wondered if Rocky ever farted. And there you go. We have an answer. People do <laughs> fart during those workouts. Ryan, one of your favorite parts of every Stallone review is the Razzies that, that he's nominated for. And uh, he was nominated for this one, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Wow. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, and that worst actor, pull it to the head and escape plan. Yes, yes, <laughs> he didn't win. Win in quotes. They said it was Stallone's 14th bid for the quote unquote prize, a record which he, he has quote unquote won four times. Also a record. Those Razzies, um, they hate Stallone. No, this was definitely not Razzie award or even nomination. They just always go for the low-hanging fruit uh-huh. it's probably one of the most uninspired or uncreative awards that's out there yeah it's like they got an axe to grind with one actor so they kind of constantly pester him yeah i think there was the one year where like uh when freddie got fingered came out it got nominated for like everything and tom green actually showed up and they didn't know what to do <laughs> I want my, it's like i want my awards yeah <laughs> Because <laughs> normally they, you know, they hold these awards, and the, the guys that are nominated never show up. But right. Tom Green, being Tom Green's, like, hey, if there's a trophy with my name on it, I'm coming to collect it. Expect nothing uh, less. Sandra Bullock, uh, she showed up for one of her Razzies, actually. It really helps show what a good sport you are. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of those. I, I like I said, I, they always go for the cheap stuff. They've never done a controversial nomination. They'll never go after Denzel Washington if he right. had a bad movie. Right. There was one other thing I wanted to mention when we were talking about the nods to Rocky. There was also, I don't know if it was, an, if it was placed there, but there was a nod to uh, Over the Top when he was hauling that semi. The name on the, the semi was Roadhawk. 
Oh yeah. And, mm-hmm. and his character's name was Lincoln Hawk. I don't know if that was uh I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too much into it. We'll take it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I saw the rig, I thought the same thing that it was kind of a reference over the top. Mm-hmm. That he's burdened by his past career. That's the metaphor. <laughs> well, I mean, we didn't really talk too much about the final fight. I didn't know how they would survive filming a fight between two older guys, but I thought they did a really good job. The punches looked real. The punches looked like they were landing, and they looked like they were powerful. Yeah. I think we talked about this on probably the one of our Creed discussions that I'm going to be releasing. <laughs> Did you see that <laughs> last month? <laughs> of Creed 2 coming out on home video in a couple of weeks. Apologies to both of you for putting aside time to talk with me about Creed 2, and then <laughs> I don't even get the episodes done. But I think we talked about how far boxing and cinema has come since mm-hmm. the heyday of Rocky. And, you know, you watch Rocky 1, 2, or 3 nowadays, and you see these Apollo taking these hits that are nowhere near close to connecting they've definitely got that figured out and i would agree uh the punches and the hits in this movie everything looked legit the final fight was good i thought it was actually well done and i think they played to their age pretty good it wasn't anything too crazy Mm -hmm. to talk about the uh, the moment where kid knocks razor down and then goes and helps him up after what what do you think that was about like why did he why did he help razor up when he clearly had the fight won at that point because I think he knew that he he wasn't winning it on even ground, right? Because he, he was taking advantage of the bad eye. Yeah, he had exploited this weakness that, as a fighter, that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to find your opponent's weakness and exploit it. But I think, I don't know if maybe he had developed throughout the course of the movie um, and softened a little bit with reconnecting with his son and his grandkid. And like you said, maybe the, the win wasn't as important anymore. And it was that ability to sort of lift somebody up who was down i thought it worked and and i think it's something that was kind of unique that you didn't expect to happen at the end of that fight right right but then it go, it gets paid right back because then razor knocks kid down and and same thing he he goes and helps him up yeah and i think I it, he, it kind of pointed out hey we understand that this is kind of stretching <laughs> the limits of the yeah, believability cool j References that like Foreman was 15 years younger than De Niro when uh, mm-hmm. when he had his big comeback fight. Let's let's get real, kid. Okay, let's get real. Me training you, it ain't happening. Well, this this might be a problem because I already made the announcement. You, my friend, are embarrassing yourself. A great performer knows when it's time to get off the stage, kid. What are you talking about? Foreman fought when he was old. He was 15 years younger than you. Yeah, they made a joke out of the whole thing. It's not like they tried to play that too seriously. And yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it worked well. There were some some hokey parts of the whole movie that didn't work. But, I mean, I don't think it deserved the lashing that it got. For the first time in a while, this is a film where I really, really disagree with the critics. I think they're being silly harsh on this. So I, I disagree. You said it best earlier, Ryan, where you said it. It's an easy movie to watch. I also haven't found anybody that's appalled by this movie. You know, it's harmless. I think a movie can be a lot worse things than than harmless entertainment. And that's what this was. You know, I guess maybe if you're such a super fan of either Rocky or Raging Bull and you want to see the two of those films sort of continue to carry those legacies or whatever. But use those movies as a jumping off point to have a, a little fun two hours. Mm-hmm. Speaking of fun, did you did you watch enough of the credits to see the Tyson Holyfield 
Okay, guys, listen. If you thought Grudgeman Day was big, then it's gonna be huge. They're talking Wembley Stadium for the rematch. 90,000 people. Now, I can get you seven figures, maybe even eight. Bottom line is I can get you guys paid. What do you say? I'm in. Here you go. That's what I'm talking about, Mike. What about you, Evander? No. Come on, Evander. So what? The man went a little bad shit and bit your ear off. It's not like you like the way you taste it. Tastes like ass. Did you hear what he just said? You didn't taste good. Now, Mike, can you do me a favor? Can you tell me you're sorry, please? I'm sorry. Mike, like you made it. Sorry. I felt that. Come on, Evander, what do you say? No. <sighs> I get you one month lodge at the Playboy Mansion. No. Okay, final offer. I throw in a Bentley. No. I get you a part of Hangover 4. I'm listening. Okay, well, now we got a bitch. No, no, hold on. Guard your ears. Oh, wait, my Lord, I Because of the success that Dante, that Kevin Hart's character had promoting this fight, he wanted to do a rematch between Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson. Yeah. And, and they addressed the whole ear issue. Mike Tyson said he tasted terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great, man. And, and then we feel, also get to dancing feels... with the stars payoff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was also some just, some, just one mwah, CGI right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the CGI for De Niro out there. <laughs> just, come on. They, they had the technology to be a little bit better back then. Yeah, it was good. I, I don't know, man. It was You guys talked about how meta it was and how like self-aware the movie was and those those little bits just really sent it home for me so yeah i like this film i enjoyed it uh, again uh, to all our listeners and watchers subscribe to us on youtube that's the sylvester stallone podcast network subscribe to us there so you don't miss the next live recording uh, follow mm -hmm. us on our respective twitter and facebook accounts uh, again i'm rocky series podcast going the distance and you'll find me on Twitter and Facebook and Slycast. When's your next episode? <laughs> <laughs> I realized that I had so much raw content for our Creed 2 Super Special that we will now have our two-part Creed 2 Super Special to celebrate the home video release of Creed 2, which I believe comes out digitally around the middle of the month, the month being February. And then we're going to follow that up with our Judge Dredd episodes. You're going to have a one-two-one uh, or one, two, three punch from Slycast in the next month and a half. I look forward to it. I always go to my iTunes feed and and seeing when that Slycast uh, update will come. So we're fans. We're not just friends, but we're fans of the show. Yeah. I don't want to get too in the weeds here. I tend to get a little carried away when I edit because I know as soon as I hit that upload button, I'm no longer able to touch it. And I worry that five years from now, I'll listen to it and there will be something that bugs me. So I try and get all of those little technical things that our listeners probably don't even hear or you guys know how it is. You know, there's probably something in a recording that bothers you when you try your best to fix it. And a lot of times it's stuff that I've done. It's me trying to make myself sound less babbly. I suffer with that usually every episode. So I totally get it. If you want to find Rocky Minute everywhere, just Rocky Minute on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, our listeners group in Mighty Mix, our private group is called Mighty Mix on Facebook. So uh, come join it. Right on. This was right. great, guys. I'm so glad that we were finally able to talk about a movie that I brought to the table. I think it's cool that we're able to talk about a Stallone movie from this decade, which mm -hmm. was also kind of cool, which I think we haven't done. No, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it was a refreshing change. Yeah, this has been fun. I look forward to next month. I can only imagine what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. All right. Talk see you later. everybody.